I V M. This week, we get into the heart of Polish society and politics, and uncover the strange, absurd, and disturbing notion of Holocaust envy. October 1936, Warsaw, Poland. A court heard the case of a student, Sylvia Astyblom, who had been accused of slandering the good name of the Polish nation. Sylvia's offense was that she had hurled abuse at some militants during anti-Semitic incidents at the University of Warsaw. The Warsaw National Daily reported. While academic youths were demonstrating against the Jews and expelling them from the university, Astyblom had shouted, "Polish brutes!" Boors. A Jewish woman was beaten, and a policeman was then called to write a report. The Warsaw court punished her with two months' imprisonment for slandering the Polish nation. Remember that this was 1936, and the Second World War was still three years away. Pseudo-scientific theories of race, civilization, and progress had become quite widespread in Europe in the second half of the 19th century. The phrase. The Jews are our misfortune was coined which would later be widely used by the Nazis. In that sense, Sylvia may have gotten off with an easy sentence. Under the penal code of 1932, this particular offense carried a 3 year prison sentence. So why am I talking about an obscure student being jailed for protesting anti-semitism in 1936? Because I'm writing this just a few days after having visited the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camps in the city of Auschwitz-Birkenau in Poland. In over 15 years of traveled, I have been to multiple memorials honoring victims of wars and genocides, but nothing prepared me for Auschwitz. All through the tour of the camps, I was overcome with a feeling of dread, queasiness, and an unexplainable guilt for just being alive. The grounds of these camps, however, were not always concentration camps. After Germany initiated World War II by invading Poland in September 1939, the Nazis converted Auschwitz I, an army barracks, into a prisoner of war camp. The initial transport of political detainees to Auschwitz consisted mostly of Poles, for whom the camp was initially established. For the first two years, the majority of inmates were Polish. In May 1940, German criminals brought to the camp as functionaries. established the camp's reputation for sadism prisoners were beaten tortured and executed for the most trivial of reasons the first gassings of soviet and polish prisoners took place in block 11 of auschwitz 1 around august 1941 construction of auschwitz 2 began the following month and from 1942 until late 1944 freight trains delivered jews from all over german occupied europe to its gas chambers Of the 1.3 million people sent to Auschwitz, 1.1 million were murdered. The number of victims includes 960,000 Jews, 74,000 non-Jewish Poles, 21,000 Romani, 15,000 Soviet prisoners of war, and up to 15,000 others. Those not gassed were murdered via starvation, exhaustion, disease, individual executions, or beatings. Others were killed during medical experiments. and while many poles lost their lives there were also enough of them who were complicit in these crimes and it is for precisely this reason that the story of sivia astrablum matters more than 80 years after her sentencing the polish law has been augmented 
It now carries a three-year prison sentence for anyone who speaks ill of the Polish nation. These are a part of the wider memory laws which are in force in Poland. They serve one primary purpose. They prohibit the attribution of an atrocious role to the Poles during World War II. Simply put, if one publicly says that the Polish people were involved in the Holocaust, one can be jailed for it. This is coming from a country where cities like Warsaw were bombed out of existence and lost both its Jewish and non-Jewish citizens. But why enact such a law? Because Poland has been complicit in the Holocaust. Only 1.5% of Polish Jews survived. It is necessary to recall and remember the officers of the Polish Blue Police Force, the Polish firefighters of the OSP brigades and the ordinary people, the Polish neighbors who in various ways and to different extents took part in final solution of the Jewish question. Some of them took to robbing Jewish property, others searched through the ghetto tracking down those in hiding. Others occupied post-Jewish houses and still others informed the police. In early autumn 1945, the Polish War Reparations Bureau made an initial calculation of the biological losses that Polish society suffered during the war. These estimates showed that 4.8 million Polish citizens were killed in 1939-45, including 3 million Polish Jews. It quickly turned out that these estimates were completely unacceptable to the state's authorities. Jacob Berman, the fear-inspiring head of the security service, remarked that if we accept that 3 million Jews were murdered, we must significantly increase the number of Polish victims. In a note entitled, Establish the number of murdered as 6 million, Berman wrote that numbers of victims should be equalized. 3 million each. Berman was a Jew, but above all a communist. He knew the mood of the population well enough to realize that the recognition of Jewish losses as almost twice as high as Polish losses would cause considerable difficulties for the communists. According to Berman, the only way to introduce information about 3 million murdered Jews into the public domain was to increase the number of Poles who were killed up to the Jewish level. Thus, it was decreed in 1945, and this is how it is taught in schools until this day, almost 80 years after Berman issued this order. At the heart of this lies the strange, absurd and disturbing term, Holocaust envy. It's the envy that the current Polish state feels that Jews have garnered significant international support over their sufferings and losses in the Holocaust. They are not envious of the suffering, but the perceived moral high ground Jewish people have. It's the belief that no other community can gain so much sympathy from the world, since any event at the scale of the Holocaust cannot happen again. It begins with the equalization of losses between Poles and Jews, continues with support from the nation with memory laws, with an ultimate aim to be able to use the Holocaust to create a narrative of Polish victimization and martyrdom. I want to be clear about this. Millions of Polish Jews and non-Jews lost their lives in the Holocaust. But that does not wash away the sins of the Polish society in being complicit. To say that the Poles only suffered and many were heroic without acknowledging that they were involved is plain lying. Months after the law was enacted, after significant national and international pressure, it had to be repealed. If you are listening to this episode the week it is released, you will be doing so on the eve of elections in Poland to be held on 15th October 2023. Opinion polls have given the current right-wing government an edge, which is looking to return to power for the third time. If they do, one can expect yet another attempt at distorting history and feeding the cringe fantasy 
that is holocaust envy as we travel we must remember that almost every country distorts its history in the name of national pride and nation building and in this effort to whitewash its sins it often tramples upon the memory of the victims if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ibm network you can listen to us on the ibm podcast app or ibmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are at ibm podcasts on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am utsav memory on twitter and yvtravel42 on instagram